Nobody podcast where I share my perspectives, even though our perspectives might not be shared. And I am your host, Martini Jean. And today we are going to be talking about episode one of Married at First Sight, which is called The Story Begins. So the last episode was, you know, episode zero matchmaking, but this is the actual first episode of the season, season 11 in New Orleans. So we're just going to get right into it. All right. So it starts off with all the couples having their little monologue and I wrote it down and I, I just found it interesting because some of the um, overlays were like, I'm ready to be a wife. I'm ready to be a husband. I'm ready to be married. And then the last one says, I'm ready to find love. So that strikes me very, very hard when I hear that because, well, with me, it's funny. I'm doing this, this, what is this, like technically this, the second episode of this, um, of this new trial that I'm going with this podcast, but I haven't done an introduction episode yet, which I will. And I know I'm doing it all out of whack, but um for me i i absolutely do want to get married one day and i will go on these websites and dating apps where it's like one of the questions well okay i go on okay i'm on okay cupid so i go on there and then there's there's questions that that says are you ready to settle down the options are there's four of them and it's like i'm not gonna remember all of them but it's like yes i can settle down married no or I I know I I'm not ready to settle down, but I can get married, which doesn't make any sense. And then the other two. But some women are like, yeah, absolutely, I'm ready to settle down and get married. And they're like 29 and 30, and I'm like, whoa, I'm like 40 years old, and of course I want to get married, but I don't know if I'm as confident in the solidification of marriage. And that's not to say that I'm scared of getting married. It's just that I don't know if I can go through with it in terms of the responsibilities wise. Like, okay, so I'm a hopeless romantic. So I love love. And I know that is an issue amongst anybody who feels that way. It's not good to love love because then you get taken advantage of or you get swept away very easily. And and both of those things in those regards, I have fallen privy to. But. To but for me, yeah, I like I want to I want to like hold somebody, you know what I mean? I want to not necessarily take care of somebody, but take care of somebody emotionally um, and all that stuff, you know, satisfy them emotionally, sexually, physically all that stuff have that person feel good and I can do all those things but my lack in the ability to attain a relationship and therefore get into marriage is financial I have a very very hard time uh reading the financial merits that women want in a partner and that is the single thing that has held me back for so long so that's why I um, am reluctant when I hear those things like, yeah, I'm so ready to get married. So, And, and when I hear when I heard these uh, contestants saying, you know, I'm ready to be a wife and I'm ready to be a husband, I'm ready to be married. To me, I'm like, what what does that even mean? Like, one, you know, one of them was like, I'm ready to be a wife. It's like, what is, what does that mean for you? What does that entail? 
being a wife, you know, and the guys are have said, I'm ready to be a husband. What does that mean to you? What does that mean to be a husband? What is it? To, I know this stereotypical thing, oh, it's to provide and blah, 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 all that stuff. But seriously, what is what does that mean to you? And also, I'm ready to be a wife. What does being a wife mean? Because all the, all the time, well, stereotypically, in a marriage, you hear that the husband is supposed to provide, but you don't necessarily hear what the wife duties are. Because, especially nowadays, you're not allowed to tell a woman what she should be doing. Because, you know, that's a no-no. Oh, you can't tell me what to do. You know, I'm an empowered woman. I'm independent and all that stuff. And, and, and that's and that's great. But, but then there comes the time where you have a duty to fulfill. So if I'm getting married and I want a wife, I want her to fulfill the roles that a wife should do. So when I hear someone says, I'm ready to be a wife, what exactly does that mean to you? And what does that mean in general? So I definitely want to have a separate podcast episode on that entire topic and I will so that that's pretty much how this is going to go with these um episodes of Married at First Sight when I go through them I, I will obviously do summaries of the show but also I'm more interested about sharing anecdotes or opinions of my own that again might not be shared but that I think that's how you'll get to know me more whether you like that or not, <laughs> you know, you might hear some things that you might agree with and some things that you might not and be like, mm, I don't like this host. He's sort of a brat or a prick or something like that. Or you might be like, hey, you know what? I think I think I like this guy. I, I want to see where he goes because I don't want to just give you the summary and then get out of here because how about if you don't even like like the show? So why would you be listening to this? So hopefully you get a little piece of me as I go along and explain this uh, show to you that I love because and th- and that's why I love it because it it brings out this side of me that I'll just yell to the television but now I'm like oh no wait I can say this to you and you can listen to me and hopefully we can have a conversation about it so this this, this and that's and this is pretty much why I want to start another podcast yeah so I like hearing these quotes it's like you know i'm ready to be married and i don't know if i'm ready to be married i would love to be married but i don't think i'm ready to be married but my thing is the the last thing that was on this list was i'm ready to find love and that that i'm ready for you know i i am so ready to uh find love after being engaged back in 2012 and being disengaged as i like to say um, it's been very hard for these past, what, when 2020, these past eight years. Um, I, I haven't healed. I mean, I, I am still in the process of healing, even though it's been eight years, it's been a very hard eight years emotionally about what happened and where I was back then, where I am now. It was a very, very long journey. And I, still have a long ways to go but through through this through this podcast through the other endeavors that I'm going through I'm absolutely um 
bringing myself towards like the light of like happiness and getting better but but that hasn't swayed me from wanting to find love again and I have been on dates and stuff like that I never finalized like like a girlfriend after Mike's fiance I haven't had a girlfriend a proper girlfriend in eight years but I definitely do want to find love and to get married and have kids and have the house and all that good stuff I I absolutely want that for myself so hopefully that will happen in my lifetime (laughs) you know but if it doesn't happen it doesn't happen you know what am I gonna do all right but let's 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 move on so um there was a quote that I wrote down. Um, oh, it was from uh, okay. It was from Amelia's friend. So Amelia is twenty-seven. She's the um, she's the kind of like the bohemian girl and uh, slash hippie. I don't want to say that. That's really stereotypical. But the, but that's the only way that I can really uh, explain her. And she's very eccentric. But she's also a doctor too. And she wants to. She wants to have a stay-at-home dad so he can take care of the kids while she does does the breadwinner stuff because that's how her parents were and she's completely cool with that she's very eccentric very wildly you know she's attractive at least to me um and she's cool and so she had a friend katie and this is the part where in this episode they all the contestants are telling their friends and their family that you know they're gonna one that the show has found them a match and two they will be getting married in two weeks so of course there's a lot of people saying well pretty much all across the board people are like wait what I, I didn't know that you were really serious about this thing what are you doing and some people are like oh my god only you would do this so this is on brand for you and some people there was a mother in particular karen's mom that we'll talk about later that she was against it outright she was like this is marriage this is serious i don't know why you would just marry you know give up your life and marry a complete stranger what what is your deal what's your issue which i completely understand you know and i don't know that that little tidbit of that kind of um it stayed with me because it's like well okay karen's 30 so i mean she's still young but it's like she's 30 when can she do things in her own life but at the same time i because i am older i'm 40 i understand that even though it is her life that decision is going to affect the entire bloodline in her life you know what i mean like you're bringing a, a literal stranger into this family so now this this person is connected to everybody in your family so it's not just oh I bought a house and I didn't need your permission, mom. You know, it's like, no, I'm married and I'm bringing the stranger into this family. And now he's connected to every single person in this family. So I understand. I understand the mom's Karen's mom's reservation for uh, the decision that Karen has made to be on the show. But anyway, let's go back to this quote. So Amelia's friend, Katie, uh, Amelia has now told everybody, hey, I'm getting married in two weeks. Boom. This is what it is. And Katie goes, uh, hold on. Katie goes, do you think they would be able to find you a good a good match? I mean, you're really special, and I don't think they can find someone that would be everything that you are. 
So at first, you're like, oh, that's so sweet that she would say that about her friend. But then listening to it again, because I had to to rewind because I wanted to write it. Listening to it again, I think that is a hindrance to a lot of people who are dating or trying to find somebody. Because, all right, I'll, I'll read it again. Do you think they would be able to find you a good match? I mean, you're really special. And I don't think they can find someone that would be everything that you are. So here's the thing. That's an issue with that line. And also an issue with me. Because your partner isn't supposed to be everything that you are. Or everything that's on your checklist. That is insanity. That why would you want another you you know what i mean look at look at all your look at all your friends that are married or even in relationships they're significant others they're not the same they might have similar views or they might like similar movies or they might even look similar because there is a study that say that people tend to find a partner that looks similar to them which is why some couples look like their brother and sister which like kind of sounds disgusting but it really isn't but it's but it is also interesting i was like oh yeah they i i do i personally have uh friends who are uh spouses and you can mistake them for uh being brother and sister but um yeah so this line i don't think they can find somebody someone that would be everything that you are and when when I was younger, I thought that was the thing. You're supposed to find that person that thinks like you, is into the same things as you, so you can be compatible. And no, that's that's not the case at all. You're not supposed to find somebody who is exactly like you because that's when you're going to falter. You're going to be trying to find somebody that's like you and no one is you. There, there are people in relationships that are, you know, that just don't have the same viewpoints as the other, as their significant other, and that's fine, and they're getting along well. They'll have children, and they're and they just get along because they see each other's differences as well as their similarities. I have a friend. I have a, uh, I have two friends that you know they're married. And one, one, the husband is white and the wife is Cuban, you know, Latin, right? And he is a Trump supporter, okay? Like, that should tell you right there, <laughs> okay? And they've been together for maybe, I don't know, five, six years. They're married, they have a child, and they're doing great. And that is the most contentious group right now. White white people and Latins, I mean, sorry, Trump supporters and Latin people. Like, do you see what's going on? And sorry, I don't want to make this a political thing. I, I really, I try to stay away from politics because me personally, I don't like politics. It's political, you know, and you can never really win with those things. And people don't want to listen to other people. People get so angry when it comes to politics. So forget that. So, but. I'm just trying to make a point that those are con- that is a contentious group right there but yet these people found love and they're together and they have a child together you know so trying to find someone that is everything that you are I think is not a good thing 
Like, of course, you can have similarities. It's great. Um, but I don't think you should find somebody that checks all your markings on your arbitrary list. You know what I mean? That's that that's a bad thing. But but that's just me. What do I know? I'm single, remember? So um but that but that but that's just my thing. So I see um so after that I saw another quote which I really liked and it was from Brett, one of the contestants that that is on the show. Well, uh, one of the hopeful singles. So he says, I want to get married at first sight because of the weight it adds to everything. Everything that you do with someone or for someone tells so much, so much of, wait, feels so much of significance. It's no longer, you're not just making breakfast. You're making breakfast for us. You're not just saving money. You're saving money for us. You're not just cleaning the home. You're cleaning the home for us and doing that kind of stuff. It feels great to feel that every action you do all the time is significant. I've been ready to be married for a long time. And that's a good that's a good quote from Brett. I I like that mentality too. It, I want to have that feeling like I I like going on dates and I like having that connection with somebody and to just yeah, what I'm doing, yeah, I'm doing it for us or I'm making breakfast, I'm making breakfast for us. You know, it's not just just me anymore i remember talking to my best friend and he's been married for 10 years now and he's told me that the thing that drives his relationship and his marriage is that him and his lovely wife have an us mentality you know have a we mentality and it's never like a you and i it's we it's us what are we going to do what is this decision that we're thinking about? Is it good for us? You know, it's not a what are you doing for me now? What have you done for me lately? It's not that because if one side falters, the other collapses as well. You know, so they have a good rapport with each other. Of course, you know, they're, they're not perfect. Everybody has fights and everybody has squabbles and quibbles and stuff like that. I mean, let's get realistic. But at the same time, at the end of the day, they have a we mentality. What are we going to do? This is how we are going to do this. Not like, all right, homie, what are you, what are you going to do? You know, or like me, what did I do? I don't have to do this. You know, it, it's not like that. So Brett, to have that mentality already, the for us mentality, we're doing this for us, is great. And that that is a good that is a good start for Brett having in his mind. But we'll we'll get to him later because he's he's a special one. <laughs> yeah, so with Brett, he goes to his like like a little restaurant and his entire family's there and they ask him, Why do you want to get married? And he says, It's not fair that you guys have somebody else at all the events and i'm always stuck with rory and he's talking about his brother <laughs> and rory's like what the like how did i get into this and and it's funny too because i totally feel him on that like i i hate i hate going to all these events and being the only one that doesn't have somebody especially especially now you know i'm 40 and all my pretty much 90% of my friends are married and not only are they married they have kids and not only that they have kids they like their kids are like 
five and four. You know, like they're, they're old. They're 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 getting up there. I am so so far behind, and for me, I'm not gonna lie. It's embarrassing. You know, it's like man, like where did I go wrong? I mean, I know where I went wrong, but still, it's like, geez, like I want to get to where they are. Where you know they have a house, they have a wife, they have kids. They're t- now they're the the well at least the men that, that I know they're sharing their childhood things with their kids you know like there was <laughs> um I've I've known one of my friends uh, for about 20 years now 20 to 21 years no 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 20 years right and back then we used to work at the Warner Brothers studio store when it used to be alive you know RIP that was the greatest that was the greatest store that I ever worked at. I loved working at Warner Brothers uh, Studio Store in our local mall. So um, back then, well, we worked there in 99, 1999. And the most popular thing that came out during that time was Pokemon, right? Pokemon was a sensation back then. It was it was a global hit. And it is even bigger back. It's even bigger now than it was back then just because of an entirely new generation and he wasn't necessarily into it you know even though you couldn't not know about it you know I was more into it I watched the cartoon even though I was damn near 20 years old at the time but I don't care I'm a nerd I'm a geek I don't give a hell what you guys think but um it was a good cartoon but now he has a child who is into Pokemon and he didn't even introduce him the like my friend didn't even introduce his son to pokemon just pokemon just exists and his son got into it so now it's pokemon is like back in his life after like a 20-year hiatus and it's so cool to introduce things that you were cool with back in the day like my friend he was into uh teenage mutant ninja turtles back in the day when he was young so now his son is into that too like they have the entire series in the turtle van you know he bought the box set and they put the box set in the turtle van and it's so cool because like now his son is watching the same episodes that his father watched back in the day and that's so cool like I want to share my interests and stuff like that with my offspring well there is a caveat because I did I I became an uncle when I was 14 15 years old so with my nieces, um, I have two nieces, and with my nieces, I did that. I did that whole thing. I showed them, you know, Batman, because I'm a DC person, DC Comics person. So I showed them all the um, shows and episodes that I used to watch when I was little, and also that was going on at the time, you know? So I showed them Batman the Animated Series. I showed them Batman Beyond. I showed them Justice League. I showed them all that stuff. And they grew up. I mean, they are grown, grown women. And they are DC fans because of me. So that's cool. But at the same time, like, they're not my kids. Even though I love them dearly, they're not my kids, you know. Uh, and I would love to do that with my children. Um, so, I don't know. Well, ho- again, hopefully, we'll see how that goes. But, yeah. So, Brett, he's like, yeah, he, he doesn't, he hates uh being alone at these at these events and and I do too like I'll go to a wedding someone's like oh I'm getting married like oh great you know it's just gonna be me there with uh, a, a table full of married couples and you know how when you go to a wedding 
it kind of rekindles your relationship that you're in or causes a huge ass fight but for some people but for most you know the couples they're dancing again and they're like oh yeah this is why this is why i'm with this person this is why i love this person and i'm just standing there you know at the what is it at at the cocktail hour just eating food <laughs> at the concession stands because i don't have anybody to i don't have anybody i'm i'm by myself at a wedding with what four or five singles because because now again because of my age less and less people are at the you know hey single ladies and single fellas come come to the dance floor so you can catch the uh girdle and the bouquet or whatever that doesn't happen anymore i've been to some weddings where they completely just take that off because there aren't any singles it's like hey everybody's married all right so uh let's just keep the party going you know and it's like what so it it, it kind of sucks. I don't know. So I'm I'm up I'm I completely understand what Brett is talking about. So um so his father, I forget what his father's name, Brett's father. But his father gets angry and he's like, "What? You're you're marrying a complete stranger? What the hell is wrong with you?" So he says he says something very like poignant and it was it was interesting where he says, "How do you know who you want wait, how do you know you want to marry a girl that you've never seen based on other people's opinion about how you guys would be. And the father's talking about the experts because again, the show's premise is that, you know, you fill the like a nine hour survey, they interview you and all that stuff and they get a good sense of who you are. And then they pair you with somebody who they think you will like, and you have to marry them. You know, well, you don't have to marry them, but you are going to marry them because that's why you're on the show to get married at first sight so i can again i completely understand where brett's father's coming from but at the same time at least for me i trust the process because again um you it is really based on you you have to tell the experts what you're looking for and also you need to be authentic with who you are because there have been times during the show's run during the show's uh, franchise run that people have lied to either get on TV just to be on TV to promote their side business or they probably just wanted to get laid or whatever and they and they weren't necessarily truthful. Like I remember there was a couple, I believe they're on season eight or season nine, where one of them was like, do you want kids? Because I said, I because I don't want kids even though I said yes on the questionnaire. And that's messed up because now you just ruined a chance for somebody to want kids. You know, you could have been you could have been paired up with somebody who didn't want kids, and you could have been fine. But but luckily, that uh, that person that they were paired with lied as well and said that they wanted kids, but they really don't. So luckily, they matched each other. They matched lying to each other. So yay, <laughs> but uh. That's yeah, that's not that's not good. So you shouldn't do that. You have to be authentic. And because if you're not authentic, it's going to unravel itself through this show. And we as an audience, we see it. We see it happen. And then and then it's and then it's all on you. And then people say, Oh, the es- the experts suck or whatever. Or even on Twitter, well, they just they just go ballistic. They say, who are these experts? These are the most horrible people in the world. No, 
this person is completely lying. So whose fault is it really that they got paired with paired up with somebody that they didn't like? You know, so it's 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 really the contestant's fault. But um, so the Brett's father says, you know, how do you know? you want to get married to this person you don't even know them and then he says without spark there's no flame without flame there's no fire and without fire there's nothing and which i like because yeah a lot of people are concerned with okay how about if i walk down the aisle and i don't like this person or uh there's no attraction like what happened what happens then you know so i can really understand that if there if there's no if there's no spark it's going to be hard to start a flame, but that doesn't necessarily mean that there won't ever be a flame. Like there are other ways to light that fire and then see this person for who they are, but in another Avenue, it's not necessarily for looks all the time. So you shouldn't really hold on to that as your crutch to say, Oh, this didn't work out because uh, this person doesn't look good. Okay. Well, whatever. Like, why don't you get to know that person and then that person becomes beautiful that that's that's a good that's a good thing too like oh man like yeah at first i didn't think that she was okay but after speaking to her for a little bit man i yeah i really like her ways and you know what she does look good that's all that's always a good thing too so let's go on with uh the rest of the assessment ooh bennett's friends okay so they <laughs> so this is to the point where they are all trying on, the girls are trying on their wedding dress, you know, say yes to the dress and all that stuff. And the guys are trying out their tux. So all of them are doing it. So it's Bennett's turn. And I don't know. I don't like Bennett's friends, the ones that came with him to the wedding shop, as, as I'll call the, the, you know, the tuxedo rental place was because, well, first of all, they just remind me of, um, they they look like uh, a cheap version of that cult classic movie Hocus Pocus. Like that's all that I see is like that that cover, and um, because I don't know they. Okay, let me let me bring it back because if you didn't listen to the first episode, one, how dare you, and two, <laughs> I'll just reiterate that I love Bennett. Bennett Bennett is me and I am him. Okay, I love. Bennett so much okay I consider myself internally I'm Bennett and emotionally I'm Miles I I love those two cast members so much because a lot of a lot of who they, who they are and how they act remind me of me so those are the people that I'm most invested in and also on the on the girl side I really love uh, uh, Olivia uh, for me personally, I would probably choose Olivia as a wife, but I also like Amelia because of just her, her, I guess, I don't want to say nonconformity, but I guess her eccentricness. I like her because of that, but Olivia would be my wife if I had to choose. But yeah, Bennett and Miles, like, I love them so much. So with, but with Bennett, I feel like a lot of his friends, I don't want to say take advantage of him, but they just like, I feel like they see him as like a toy you know like a plaything, and not necessarily a friend and I don't like that they they seem mm, I don't know I just don't I just don't like that trio of friends that he that the female friends that he has uh that that 
took them. I don't know. Ah, they, I don't know. They, they just rubbed me the wrong way. I, I, I can't explain it right now, but that, that's how it seems to me. And one of them was like, "Oh, happy wife, happy life," and I, we're gonna have an episode. Well, I'm gonna have an episode about it. But I absolutely hate that phrase. Okay, that is my number one hated phrase that a woman says. I have two more. I have my top three, and that's all I have. I don't have like a top five. I have a top three. But my number one most hated phrase on the entire planet is happy wife, happy life. And you're damn skippy that I'm going to have an entire episode about that phrase. Well, all the phrases, but definitely that phrase. But I hate that phrase. And I'll get into it then, but not now. (laughs) And um, so also, again, if we're just going to go with the friends that I don't like. I don't like Kristen and that's Henry's friend. The one that Henry is the one that's going to marry Christina. And I don't like her because she just seems like I, okay, so she was the one that that went with Henry for the audition in the first place because you were allowed to bring a friend so that friend can speak for you on your behalf about how you are and blah blah blah. So Dr. Pepper Schwartz was talking to Kristen about Henry, and she was like, Dr. Pepper was like, so, you know, why why is this a good guy? And she's like, oh, well, you know, when you call him up, he's there, and he's great, and hey, when Taylor Swift is in town, you know, I call him up and say, hey, let's go, and stuff like that. It's like, what? I, what? Don't, why are you calling me for Taylor Swift? Where are your friends? <laughs> Where are your girl friends, huh? Where are your girlfriends? Call them up for Taylor Swift. Why are you calling me? <laughs> you know? Like, okay, if if he likes Taylor Swift, that's one thing. Because, okay, she has good music and she's kind of cute. But still, it's like, why are you calling the dude to go to a Taylor Swift concert? Why don't you call your girlfriends? And that's why I don't like her. Because I feel that Kristen treats Henry like he is a bestie and you and people know what I mean by that when I say that you know she treats him like oh he's my bestie and stuff like that it's like no I'm not your bestie like get away from me like I'm not gonna fulfill this role for you to just treat me like a warm body or like something to I don't know to occupy your time with you know, and, and, and that's how I see that. That's how I see their relationship. Every time she's on screen, because she was, she was on screen a lot in this episode uh, because she was invited to the groom's bachelor party. And she just she just seems ah, she just seems off. And I don't I don't know. I don't like her. Um, She just she just comes off like that, like like she treats him like a like a bestie. And I don't I don't like that. So the women are at. Uh, the the brides are at their well pre bachelor party there because they met each other at a bar for the first time and they're all exchanging pleasantries and all that stuff. So Amelia asks, "What if the guy is not your type?" You know, because that's what the men were talking about as well. And Amani, Amani is the one that's gonna go out with uh, Woody. Um, gonna go out is gonna marry Woody. She says, "Oh, she's gonna keep going to see where this." Uh, relationship goes and why were they matched because obviously they were matched for a reason it wasn't like random so olivia goes i'll take the nice guy everybody says nice guys finish last i'll take him uh 
And then Christina, the one that's going out with Henry, says, I want a nice guy too. And I think that is bullshit, <laughs> okay? Because Christina has said multiple times that she keeps going out with guys who, you know, just want to have fun for the night or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, those aren't necessarily nice guys, Christina. Why do you, why are you attracted to them and why do you keep going after them? Okay, why do you keep going out with them if you want a nice guy? You know what these guys are. You know, what, what do you call, what do you girls call them? Fuck boys and stuff like that? You, you can see a fuck boy a mile away. Stop it. These are not nice guys. Every, I believe, every chick has had a nice guy in their circle and you just didn't want him. You you wanted something else, something more. And you know what? That's fine. I know hypergamy exists. We'll talk about that too at a later date. But I know that that exists. So you wouldn't be on this show if you wanted the nice guy because there are nice guys in your circle and you don't want them. Okay? And that's on you. <laughs> you know, you're just not looking hard enough. Or you do know exactly who that person is and you're like, eh, I don't want him. He's too nerdy. Or whatever but okay fine you don't have to you don't have to accept him if you're not attracted to him you're not attracted to him but there are guys in your circle that are the ones that you're really looking for but you don't want to give them a chance because of i don't know preconceived notions or ego or whatever so you go after i don't know the macho man randy savages you know <laughs> the ones that want to have fun with you for the night and stuff like that because that's what you're attracted to so, and, you know, you reap what you sow. But anyway, so they go to their bachelor party. The guys go to their bachelor party and the girls go to their bachelorette party. So the bachelorette, the bachelorette is consumed of strippers. No, 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 sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The bachelorette party is, has, you know, drinks. It's at a house and drinks and strippers and all that stuff. And the boys, same thing too. Um, strippers, drinks and all that stuff. And Brett gets pretty, he gets pretty hammered. So he starts flirting with everyone and he's beating and he's being uh, chauvinistic. And every, and the other contestants like Miles, Miles is saying that, oh, Brett is getting drunk and he's being overly confident. And he seems like he might be overcompensating for something. And I believe so too, because it, it's really cringeworthy to see him just trying to holla at everybody. Because remember, Brett is the guy that went on 45 dates and really couldn't find the one, which is why he wanted to go on the show. But I think that overcomp I think Miles has a point because that overcompensation and that overconfidence comes from the time when he, he I don't know, maybe like ten years ago, he said that he used to be overweight, he used to be fat, and they showed a picture of him. He didn't, he didn't, he doesn't seem like overweight or whatever. But again, I don't, I can't speak for him, so he probably saw himself as ten times bigger than what he actually was. So I guess that's what like body dysmorphia does to you. So he just, you know, made himself like a manly man and went to the gym and got in fitness. So with that, he's like, all right, I'm going to be like, you know, Mickey McDouchebag. And that's how he's acting. Because remember how I said at the beginning of the episode, he was talking about, yeah, I want to do this for us. We're going to do this for us. This is going to be amazing for us. It's like, bro, now you're you're a bum like you're a douche and it sucks because he's with olivia and olivia is so sweet and it's like oh man like oh she's gonna be with him now because i hate when they do these pairs because 
the sweet girl always suffers. I, I wrote it down where um, in season eight, it was Luke that was with oh, Kate. Yeah, and Kate was oh, so cute. And Luke was such a douchebag. He really was. He was he he gaslit her and all this stuff. It was it was so bad. And then the next the season after that was with Matt and Amber. Matt was the dumbass, tall ass, uh international basketball player that just wanted to get married so he can have a home for a couple months. You know, because the dude was homeless or whatever, and he's he oh he he was really bad. And Amber was so sweet because she was really intent of trying to make a marriage work that had no intention of even existing. And I feel that Brett is trying super hard for like no reason. Like I don't know why he's trying to bag chicks when he ha- when he when he literally has one. Well, not literally when he has one on a silver platter. You know, like the show gave him. A wife. So why is he flexing his muscles to dudes who have who are gonna get wives themselves? Like who are you impressing right now? Like okay, let's say he can bag. Let's say he can get those chicks that he was flirting with at the engagement party. Okay, what now? You're married, bro. You're gonna get married, and you can't pass them off to the guys because they're married too, or gonna get married. So what's the sense? What What's going on? Why Why are you doing this? This I know a lot of guys like to do that for sport so they could, uh, you know, flex their muscles and not lose their uh, skill set. But, okay, you know, like you're good. You don't have to, you don't have to do that. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, I don't like that. Uh, yeah, I don't like Brett. Um, I don't like Karen. And we're, we're going to talk about her in just a sec. But I don't like Karen. I love Olivia. No, no, I like Olivia. I like Olivia. She's cool. I love Bennett. Again, he is I and I am him. Um, I hate Brett. Totally hate Brett. And I hope he doesn't act like this throughout the entire season. Because there, there hasn't been a time where... I mean, I, I like when we get the initial f- feeling for a person at the beginning of the season and then in mid season it's like oh whoa I completely uh prejudged this person. This person's actually pretty cool. I hope we see that with Brett because as of right now Brett looks horrible. Okay. <laughs> Brett looks freaking horrible as a person and he should not be going on because Olivia is such a sweetheart and I don't want her to get hosed by this guy because he is he is oozing bravado and he doesn't need to be okay he's a decent guy but he needs to calm down okay i mean if if you were so i don't know if you were so good with the ladies you wouldn't be on this show you know what i mean so and that's not a knock on the people who are on the show but it's like okay which one are you are you hopefully you know a hopeless romantic trying to find love or are you a ladies man like why are you on the show then Okay, go if if you're a ladies man, then get the hell off this show and go about your business. Don't be on the show, but you are on this show. So act accordingly. You know, I'm going to beat this guy up if he messes with Olivia. (laughs) Anyway. Let's freaking get to uh, (laughs) let's get to um, Karen. So. uh, So on this show, 
Okay, so usually, of course, the the entire premise of the show is that you do not know who this person is, uh, who you're marrying, until the literal day of the wedding. Not even the day of the wedding. When you walk out, well, depends on who you are. But okay, so let's say you're the bride. Uh, you won't know who your groom is until you literally walk out down the aisle and see him. Okay, that's the only time you will know. Some people, there have been past seasons where um, so some people have met each other before, um, you know, at a at a gym or something like that. All like, oh, yeah, I remember you at a gym. Or actually, uh, Luke and Kate from, I think, season eight. I keep forgetting the seasons. I apologize. I used to be really good at this. But Luke and Kate, uh, they met each other. Luke used to uh, have a side business of dating like speed dating and luke saw kate there because kate was with a friend and the friend was actually on the was doing the speed dating while kate was just there to i guess support her or stuff like that so that's how he saw his um future wife so in this season considering that they warned us that new orleans is very small is what four hundred thousand people so it's the smallest uh city that they've done in the cities in the show's franchise so they said that well they didn't say but the contestants were said oh how about if we find how about if we see somebody who we know and stuff like that beforehand and kind of that's what happened with uh karen so karen be the day of the wedding so they're they're showing her and she's very nervous well she's well she's been nervous since like the episode started she because she says she takes it day by day everybody has everybody has said oh are you nervous or are you okay and everybody else says yeah i'm fine you know christina says she's fine amani says she's fine amelia's excited all that stuff but karen is taking it day by day because she some days she's like i don't know what i'm doing and other days she's like yes let's go even when she tried on her dress she was like, okay, I love this dress, but I still don't know what I'm doing. So the day of the wedding, it's the day of the wedding, the morning of the wedding. And she's getting dressed. Well, not she didn't get dressed yet, but she has the dress. She has all her bridesmaids. They're all in the room, and they're all getting ready, and she's freaking out. And the producer sees this and takes her to a room. And, the, and Karen says, look, I got a text last night that I don't think I was supposed to get. But anyway, I know my husband's name. So I snooped around, you know, com- complete woman fashion. So now she knows the name. So now she's going to play detective. She's going to play uh, Law and Order SVU. So she, <laughs> she she's going to be, uh, what is it, Mar- Mariska Hardigay. So she goes to uh, Instagram and finds him and sees him. And so she knows uh, how he looks like. She knows his job. And she's like, I don't know. No, she's like, he's not my type. I don't necessarily like him. And the thing that got on my nerves is that she says that. Uh, oh, meanwhile, they're juxtaposing this scenario, the scene where she's like, oh, I don't know who he is. I mean, no, I know who he is and I don't like him. And then they show Miles and he's like and all the uh, groomsmen say oh how how are you feeling miles and he's like i feel great i feel optimistic you know this is gonna be my baby girl i'm gonna be so happy he's so hopeful you know hopeful a hopeless romantic i love it and she goes oh i don't know and then she 
accuses him, she accuses Miles of being emotional after viewing his Instagram stories because she says that he talks about his feelings and feelings and feelings all day. And I don't like that. I, I, I felt offended by that because um, it's like, well, one, you're the one who's being emotional because you're the one crying every day saying, I don't know if I should do this. I don't know if I should do this when you went through all the interviews and all that stuff. So you you could have left as well too, Miss Lady. All right, Karen, the 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 name of the year, 2020. Oh man, I'm gonna have fun with that, Karen. <laughs> so let's let's not let's not think that Miles is the only one that's emotional because you're emotional too. You don't even really know this dude, but you're like going through all his stuff and you've already have this preconceived notion that he's whack. And I guess that's why I take offense to it too, because again, like I said before, I, I relate to Bennett and I relate to miles, but also too, I do put a lot of posts on my Insta stories about feelings as well. And I don't understand why that should be held against me because isn't it that women want their men to feel like you guys are all the time are like, Oh my God, how come you don't share your feelings or how come you won't tell me these things? But we don't because then we get this. We, we, we get the, we get the backlash. Like, Oh my God, he talks about his feelings all the time. Jesus. Like that's so funny because don't you think that's how men feel about you? (laughs) You know, about women. Yeah. You guys talk about your feelings all the damn time. And we don't like it or not even that we don't like it. It's just like, all right, enough already. So I don't, I don't know. I don't get, I don't get, I don't know. I don't get, I don't, I don't get that. But with me, hold on. So let's, so let's see. I'm I'm going through my, uh, my Insta stories right now. And I want to see what I have written because I do, I do. I don't necessarily tell my business on my Insta stories, but I will absolutely see things that reflect how I'm feeling at the moment. And I, and I will repost it just for people to see, not even, you know what, not even necessarily for people to see just for me to express that feeling outward and whoever sees it, sees it. I'm not doing it for anybody. I'm doing it for me, you know? And if there's no context behind it, you know, people don't, um, people don't, write in and say hey what's going on or oh i know exactly what this means no you don't know what this means because you don't know what's going on in my life because i don't say anything except my feelings so there's just one that says don't ruin a good day by thinking about a bad yesterday let it go yeah that's me all the time i i i hold grudges i'm a big holder grudger (laughs) or grudger holder grudge holder you know that's me i i hold grudges or i get things i let things emotionally weigh me down and I need to work on that. And this is a perfect meme to put out. I'm not a meme, but a post to put up to remind me that, hey, not everything needs that much energy and attention. Boom. So let's say if Karen saw that on my thing, now I'm now I'm not worthy of being your husband. Now I'm whack because I'm sharing my feelings with you. What does that mean? You know, that's. That's that's horrible. Or there was another one about women and their their uh, weight and their sizes. 
and it was saying that it's all right to be bigger than your significant other. And I feel that I, I can I can attest to that because I'm a skinny dude. I'm a lanky guy. And the people, not necessarily who I go for, but I have gone out and I have messed around with larger sized women, plus size women. And some of them have felt self-conscious about their bodies. And I, I reposted a post saying that like, hey, it's okay to be bigger than your significant other, whoever you're messing with. It's all right because that person is not messing you is not messing with you for like points or whatever. It's like they genuinely adore you or care for you. So it's okay if you're bigger than them because they don't care and I don't care. I don't care that you're bigger than me. Okay? Whatever. Let's go. Let's do this, you know? I know positions. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm I'm okay. I'm good. It's all right. But yeah, so I don't know. That that just gets me angry that because that he expresses his feelings. I would think that a woman would want a guy to express his feelings, especially so you know where he stands on anything or to have conversation. You know, do you want a guy to be just stoic all the time or he doesn't want to talk to you or have conversation? You just want him to be just, you know, just stoic and like, I don't need to speak about anything. I'm good. And then you complain to your girlfriends, he never speaks to me. I don't understand. You know, you want you want that guy? Or do you want a guy that you can have a rapport with and have a conversation with? I don't understand. So this is why for this season, as of right now, I do not like Karen. Not one bit, okay? But anyway, that that's where the episode pretty much ends on a cliffhanger because, I mean, she hasn't gotten ready yet, but the producers are... The producers are asking, "Okay, are you still ready to do this? Are you are you down? What what's going on? What's up?" So, and she goes, "I don't know. I don't know if I'm gonna do this." So, um, that's how they that's how they leave it to us. So, I have the next episode queued up, and I'm definitely gonna watch as soon as I get off of here, just so I know what's going on and how it is. And I can't wait to see how these weddings unfold. So I want to thank you. I want to thank you for listening to this episode, the Inquisitive Nobody podcast. Thank you so much. And I can't wait for the next episode. All right. Thank you, guys.